The game is rigged, my friends. They spend millions of dollars to convince you of your own identity. They spend millions of dollars in marketing. See, when you take in in undergrad, I was a marketing major. And there are several advertising courses and consumer behavior type courses that you take in marketing. And once I studied marketing, once I understood advertising, I realized the entire game is all about convincing you what is real. And telling you a story. And it's a beautiful game. Some of my some of my favorite conversations are with publicists, people in PR. Because we can just be open and honest. And it can be between me and that person because we know what's really going on. Because in many ways, those are the people who write. They write history. PR, publicists, they all write history. And so I love having conversations with people in that space. A lot, a lot of topics have been coming up within the last 24 hours, and one that keeps coming up as we look at understanding marketing and everything like that is the issue of job hopping. So I, I, I'm seeing this information that People are worried about having their resume look bad if they're just hopping from one job to another. And I remember someone telling me that. Someone telling me when I was in my 20s that, hey, just find a place that you can um, be with for a while and then you can, you know, uh, build, build a strong resume. And it was just like imaginary thing that people would tell you. And most of these people that are telling you that, you got to remember, everybody who is telling you something is a pathway. Everybody. And as they are telling you information, those words are coming out of their mouth and coming right into your brain. And you have to decide, is that a path or a dimension or a place I want to go? Do I want to walk in that direction of where their words are going Or do I want to walk in another? I remember working at a major bank and them telling me, and most people know what it is. If you listen to the episodes, I talk about where I've been. I have nothing that. So I'm working at a major bank. You know, they're paying 30 something thousand dollars a year. And it's basically a desk job. You're basically pushing papers, moving one thing to another, making phone calls. And um, a lot of people didn't really like the job within the first couple months. And a lot of people left. And I remember some of the managers there, as people left or people got fired or whatever reason it was, they stood up in front of a group of people who, for many of them, this was their first professional job. This is like an entry-level job at Wells Fargo. 
Okay, this is before Wells Fargo got sued for billions of dollars on a class action suit dealing with opening up fake accounts and also um, forcing their employees to work in strenuous uh, conditions. And by the way, I was one of those people who had to work underneath those conditions. So what were those conditions? Well, one of those conditions was you do what we say and we don't want to hear anything else. It was, I mean, that was really the, I mean, that was really what they were saying. Because they would say something and then they would walk away. <laughs> I mean, their, their actions were do this. You know, this is what it's going to be. This is the reality. This is how we do it here. And by the way, you're in South Carolina. It's a, I think it's called an at-will state. I'm I'm not familiar with the exact term. But basically, we can fire you when you want. We can get rid of you. Okay? This is basically what they tell you when you first sit down at a major bank in America. I think it's important as you are in America or anywhere to go inside the system and see how it operates. So entry-level job, uh, a top three bank in the nation, and they basically say, "Do do what we tell you to do and we won't have any problems. And so people start over time, they quit, they get fired, they go through transitions and they have to hire more people. It's almost like every four or five months they have to bring in another 20 or 30 people. And so here I was looking at this new crop of 20 or 30 people coming and the only people left from my crop of people were two or three. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that was us. And so then they give a speech to these people at the same time the other people left. And they see when you're when you're on the inside, the conversation sounds different because you knew you know how it was and then you know how they're presenting it. And so they presented as, hey, this is a really great opportunity. You know, we are looking to expand (laughs) our our team you're not really expanding, you're replacing. That's what you were doing. I mean, if we're going to be honest. And so they start talking about, you know, building your resume and how you should be somewhere for three, four, five years. And then they also talk about within Wells Fargo, once you take a position, you can't post out of that position until it's been a year or two. I can't remember if it was a year or if it was two years. I think it was two years. I believe that if you work at Wells Fargo, I'm not sure how other banks work, you basically, for any internal positions, you can't post for those internal positions until you've served your two years. I'm not sure what that rule is now, but that's what we were told. And that might not even be a real rule. That might just be what the department was saying just to (laughs) keep people there. I mean, I I think they knew the type of environment they were working in. They were working in a uh, very negative environment. So these people basically are saying, hey, you can't post out. 
um, you know, let's give you some advice. You know, here's what you do. You stay somewhere for a long time. You build your credibility there and then you can go do anything. That's what they sell you on. So then one day I'm still working there and I read this book. I can't remember what the name of the book is. And when I find it, maybe I'll um, put it in the description. But it was one of these books about how the wealthy think. It could have been um, The Science of Getting Rich. I'm not sure which one it was, but I will find that for you. But in the meantime, it was saying the reason why the poor stay poor and the reason why the rich get rich is because the rich have clients and the poor have employers. The rich have clients and the poor have employers. I want you to really soak that in. See, so a client is a person or organization using the services of a um, of a person or other professional person of a company. A person, oh, here we go. A person or organization using services of a lawyer or other professional person or company. That is what a client is. Using the services of a lawyer or other professional person or company. That's what a client is using your services. So the rich have clients. A client. So if if I was thinking like a rich person, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, these big banks, I would want them as a client, not as an employer. Now, what's the difference? Because, you know, you're probably saying to yourself, well, it's just a, a trick of the word. But one thing you learn in the English language, nothing is by happenstance. I told you last week the difference between the word pro and amateur. The one word could mess up the entire game and cause Zion Williamson not to make any money until he gets drafted. Just the one word. So now we're looking at two words. We're looking at client and employer. An employer is a person or organization that employs people. A employer is a legal entity that controls and directs a servant or worker under an express or implied contract of an employment and pays or is obligated to pay him or her salary or wages in compensation. The trick of the word, y'all, employer is a legal entity that controls and directs a servant or worker under an express or implied contract of employment and pays or is obligated to pay him or her salary or wages and compensation. I am here to present to you the best way I know how. That you should never have an employer. 
even the thing, even the company that you think is your employer, they're really a client. So, so why am I saying this? Why, why, what's the big deal of employer, client, job hopping? What does it all matter anyway? Well, here's why it matters. Because an employer controls your time. A client doesn't. See, with a client, you let them know up front, this is how I work. This is how I operate. If you're okay with that, here are the amount, here's the amount I need in order to be compensated. And I will make sure the job is completed for you. It's not based off of necessarily time. It's based off of the end result. So I'm reading this book and it talks about the rich versus the poor. And it says the poor has employers. They want to have employers. They need to have employers. They need someone to give them a job. A client or a person who has clients doesn't need you know, it doesn't come from a place of need. They come from a place of, hey, I have a service to provide and it is of value. And if you want a piece of this value, you'll pay me accordingly. It could be the same exact job. You could be doing the exact same thing. But because of how you approached it, you approached it as a slave. Do you not think these major banks have or 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 clients to other companies? You don't think there's a PR firm who, or an outside PR firm who works for these major corporations? Not works for, but works with? You don't think all these corporations have outside vendors, outside consultants? Those people, those people have these banks as clients. And here I am taking the entry level position with a, with a, you know, a four-year degree and six months away from getting a master's. And here I am sitting in an entry-level position because I needed an employer. Because I didn't know anything about having clients and creating my own value and being my own person or building my own legacy or anything like that. So many people say, is it possible to have a client? I mean, is it possible to say, well, my employer is just my, my, my first client of the day? You know, how is that possible, DJ? How is that possible? If, you know, how is it possible that they are my first client of the day, but then I'm working 8 to 5, and then I come home at 5.30, 6 o'clock? What, what other clients do I have? My argument to you is, Quit. Quit and offer your services as a client, as a, as a professional. The difference between the two de- definitions is one is a worker or a servant, and the other one is a professional 
a professional who provides a service. You could be doing the exact same thing. You could be doing the exact same thing for that company. But it's all on the way that you identified yourself when you showed up to that company. You showed up and said, please give me a job. So then now they have, they are going to give you the contract to sign. When you have clients, they sign your contract. Think about that. When you have clients, they agree to work on your terms. Now, of course, you're going to do everything you can for your client. You're going to make sure that they have everything that they need. But in many ways, you are in control because you set the game. You set the game up. You created your own reality. That's what happens when you have clients. Me personally, I took it a step further because I believe... That the poor have employers. I believe the rich have clients. And I believe the wealthy have partners. And so what you will find me doing, especially on platforms like this, is sitting down with people I want to partner with. Because that is true wealth. And that's why I tell you, anybody who doesn't want to offer you equity, they're either a poor mentality or a rich mentality. And those those are great people. I want wealthy mentalities. That's who I want around me. I want people who are looking for strategic partners. How can we, you know, acquire this business together or how can we build this business up and both get equity? The game is in equity, my friends. Why do you think the name of the podcast is Black Equity? You think that was just a, a, a fancy title that just made sense? Oh, no, the equity of everything is I need a piece of this. There's a difference between being a person who fills out an application for a job from an employer who then agrees that they will get paid every two weeks and they will get this set amount of payment and they will do everything that they're told to do. There's that person. Then there's a person who builds their own company and has a significant service that attracts people to want to sit down with them and say, how do I work with you? And then that person says, this is how you can work with me, and here is my fees. And then the next person who sits down and says, how do the five of us come together, put our money together, acquire this real estate? How do the ten of us come together, put our money together, and acquire this business? Those are three different ideologies, three different worlds. And and I'll be honest with you, I find it hard for those three worlds to coexist within the same life. It's hard to be friends and be really tight with people who only want employers. They don't see their their employer as a client. 
you seeing your employer as a client has nothing to do if they paid you a W-2 or if you're required to work eight to five or whatever it is. You seeing them as a client means you need to get on your ball and find four other clients. Then your response to me is, well, what is it that I do that other people would find valuable? Well, if you don't think it's valuable, who else would think it's valuable? If you don't think it's valuable, that's the thing. Because you didn't see your value, you undersold yourself to your employer. You sold yourself into slavery. And yes, you are getting paid. Yes. Okay. We get that. The argument is it can't be slavery if they're getting paid. Okay. Well, fine. You sold yourself into servitude. Is that better? I mean, it's in the definition. As an employer, you have an assert. You have a servant. That's what it said. It's the definition. A servant or worker. The client doesn't say that. When you look up client. When you start talking about clients, it doesn't say anything about being a servant. Uh, so I'm just, a client is a person or organization using the services of a lawyer or other professional person or a company. They're just using the services and paying for it. There's a service that is being provided. They are paying for that service. Everybody's happy. Your employer should be your client. It should be your first client of the day for whatever company that you have. What is it you do with that employer? Whatever that is, turn that into a business. And they can continue paying you how you agreed to because you did agree to that contract. Or you can offer your company services and say, hey, I'll be more than willing to continue this this job or this uh this particular work, but I would like to do it as my company. You can pay my company directly. You don't have to worry about payroll. You just pay me, pay the company. My company will pay me payroll. And then you're going to say, well, that will never work. My employer would never allow that to happen. Allow? Interesting. So you are a slave. Whenever I start hearing the words allow and they'll never let me do that. and Are you listening to yourself? Did you just hear the words that came out of your mouth? Your employer doesn't allow you to do anything. <laughs> you create your own reality. You need to be fearless enough to walk away. Your employer should be your first client of the day. And if they can't respect that, they shouldn't be a client. Why would you have a... Think about this. It says a client is for a lawyer. If you're a lawyer, would you really take on a client that you can't even get along with? Would you take on a client who doesn't value you at the level in which you value yourself? These are just questions you have to ask yourself. If that's the case, then you need to go up to that, per- that company, that employer, and say, hey, 
I would like to have you as a client. See what they do. Because many times a person that you go in or go walk up to is just middle management. They're not the owners. They wouldn't know what to do. They're as much of a servant as you. Your managers are actually bigger servants than you. They're stuck there doing that job, managing you to make sure you do yours. The game is not what you think it is. There is no such thing as job hopping. They tricked you with marketing. They tricked you with advertising. If a, if a company was really that great, they wouldn't have to advertise in the newspaper that they're hiring. <laughs> if a company was that great, there would never be any positions open. They put the little positions out there. You applied. And now you're playing their game. It's all make-believe. There's no such thing as job hopping. Either you have clients or you have business partners. Anything else is slavery. Anything else is mind control. Think about that. You can't. You know, you can't go to another job and then go to another job and then go to another job. You know, what will people think of you? You're job hopping. You need to stay in one place and do this one thing until we tell you not to. Because we frown down on those who don't obey us as the employer. And we'll we'll write nasty Letters of non-recommendations on your behalf. If you don't do what we say. So it's best that you don't job hop. Because let me tell you the game. This is what they said. Let me tell you the game. When you start job hopping, people look at that wrong. No, people don't look at it wrong. You do. You do. Your company does. And that shows me that I shouldn't have you as a client. And this is how you treat your employers, employees. Employers have servants and workers. You have to decide if is there a such thing as job hopping or isn't there? If there is a such thing as job hopping, that means you're not independent and that means somebody else controls you. I remember working at these banks and they told somebody to cut their dreadlocks off if they wouldn't be promoted. That's not real. It is never real if someone is trying to change you in order for you to adapt into their culture. Walk away. There's no such thing as job hopping. If anyone is mentioning job hopping, that means they are either enslaved or they are the slave owner. 
It's the same thing they told the slaves. Now, I don't want you going and working at the other plantation. Now, you work here. I pay good money for you now, boy. I pay good money for you now, boy. You can't just be hopping around going to other plantations. Uh-uh, the real money is in this cotton. The real money is in our plantation. And we're going to beat them across the street because over here, we ain't, ain't no hopping. You ain't going to be hopping from plantation to plantation. Because that will look bad on you. Other plantation owners would look look at you and say, look here. You ain't going to be hopping. I need to know that you're going to put in your eight hours of work so I can put this roof over your head. Oh, and while you out in the fields, I'm going to spend some time with your wife. Especially if you start job hopping. There's no such thing as job hopping. They are lying to you. They are tricking your mind. They talk about job hopping to solidify the importance of an employer because this whole system is ran off of you believing that your first thing that you should do at 14 years old is find an employer instead of becoming one. They trick you. You walk up to the grocery store and it says, now, now hiring. You go fill out the application because you want some money. You begin to work at this grocery store. You're there for three years. You get a 10 cent raise. And you say, well, you know, I think I'm I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go find somewhere where I'm more valued. Oh, no, ain't no, no you can't be job hop. People will look bad at that. You should stay here. Stay here for at least five years. Because, you know, if you stay five years, you're fully vested. And when you're fully vested in the company, oh, then we'll pay you double on your 401k. We'll, we'll match you up to 6%. It's all this stuff that they have created to keep you there. Because it costs more money to go find somebody else than to pay you the amount that they pay you. They probably pay more and in, in, in one month to find somebody to hire than they do an entire year to pay you. There's no such thing as job hopping. There's no such thing as staying in one place. All those things that people frown upon they are manipulating you with their frowns. I remember I read uh, in, in scripture, and you know, y'all know I'm not the biggest religion person, but there's wisdom that comes from everything. And one of the scriptures was saying, do not look at their faces. Their faces say one thing, but I say another. Something along those lines. And I'm telling you, just because the employers are upset and just because the media is upset and just because all these people are frowning, talking about you job hopping and there's articles being made and all these things around that world, just because they feel some type of way. Don't cave in. If you cave in, the only thing that's left for you is a corner office staring up at the sky, wondering why I sold my soul. And if that's what you want, have your corner office, 
with your, your pencils and pens and and you can look real important when the new wave of people come in and they see you sitting in your corner office and they wave at you and you can feel real important in that corner. But why have a corner office when you can travel the world? Why be stuck to one thing? Why? Because they tricked you into loyalty. What LeBron James did in the NBA was wake y'all up. He said, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. I'm going to go anywhere I want to at any given time. And I don't care if you frown at me. It doesn't matter the game in which you've played. I'll play my own game. That you have to respect. Whether you like the man, you don't like the man, like the Lakers, don't like the Cavs, Miami, all that doesn't matter. This is bigger than teams and players. This is about taking ownership over your own likeness and having your and choosing your own freedom. I believe in partnerships. Many people believe in clients. But none of the people that roll with me are worried about no damn job hopping. Because for many of us, we create the jobs. And when you create jobs, you understand that people need to grow and people will leave. And you, as the employer, will have to go out and find somebody else. And the lie that you're telling these people about job hopping and how it strengthens your resume is bullshit. It only strengthens your resume to somebody else who doesn't want you to job hop and want you there for five or ten years. That's the only thing it strengthens. And why would you want to be strengthened in an area in which diminishes you and diminishes your value? So fuck job hopping. Fuck staying in one place. And fuck caving in. And if you're not rolling with that, then enjoy your fucking corner office.